What is up, Goal Line listeners? We are back after an absolutely outstanding weekend of football. We got three games left to go this season, and uh, we're going to start diving into uh, the, the two we got coming up this Sunday on this episode. But first, let me introduce Jordan. What's going on, man? God, that is depressing hearing you say we have three football games left. Like, dude, this is like one of the best times and one of the most depressing times to be an NFL fan. Just, I, I'm not ready for it to be over, but uh, I'm very excited for these two games this weekend and always excited for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, can't wait to talk about the action that we saw. Yeah, I, I feel like as a football fan, man, in a lot of ways, like a hardcore football fan, in a lot of ways, the divisional weekend is kind of like the peak of the season, right? That's kind of like your climax, dude. And then you still got two more big games left that next week. The Super Bowl always feels like slightly off to me, right? Like it's just, it's still football, dude, but there's so much extra shit going on that it almost feels like it's just like a half note off from like a regular football game, right? No, the, the Super Bowl is no longer the Super Bowl to me. It's an event that features a football game. That's That's all the Super Bowl really is. It's it's turned into way more about like the commercials and the halftime show and all that stuff. Like it almost has become that the football is secondary in that game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you got the longer halftime, all the pageantry pregame. Yeah. You got there's the extra week pregame. <laughs> yeah. There's the extra week um, in between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's just, it, it's its own beast, man. It's it's more similar to like a bowl game in college than a, a regular NFL game. Um, but, you know, it's plenty of time to talk the Super Bowl. We're here to talk the divisional round and the conference championship. So you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Just think, dude, we only have three more podcasts hearing that sound effect. We're going to come up with with something different to kind of transition from the the intro and housekeeping segment uh, into into the news once we do the the goal line off season, man. So we'll maybe what, what are you thinking? I'm thinking maybe we grab some like NBA Jam sound effects or something. Yeah, dude. Uh, real quick, speaking of NBA, did you see what happened in the NBA tonight? I'm sure you didn't. I did not. I was at karate with for two hours with Brett and came back, put the kids to bed, and watched the new episode of True Detective with Sheena and hit play on this. So fill us in. So. Joel Embiid dropped 70 points tonight. Damn. And barely outdoes Carl Anthony Towns, who dropped 62. Cat dropped 62? Yeah, dude. So that both of those were the all-time franchise record for both teams, respectively. Um, were they playing against each other? No, 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 no. That would have made oh, I was about to say, geez. No, the, the crazy thing is, too, is the, the T-Wolves lost, and they have actually been one of the better teams in the NBA this year, which is weird to say. But they, yeah, they're good, man. They had Cat riding Pine with like three minutes left in the game. He wasn't fouled out. He wasn't hurt. Anything like that is just, and they lost by three points in a game where he dropped sixty-two. The the Sixers Dang. almost blew it. Like uh, Embiid wasn't even didn't even really. I didn't think he was going to come back in the fourth quarter because I think he had, I want to say it like sixty through three quarters or fifty-nine something like that. And then the Spurs made a run and got back into it. They ended up winning by ten, but yet. Yeah, absolutely insane night of basketball like when's the last time you even remember one center dropping 50 let alone two in the same night like somebody said uh
Yeah, I know he's got some mixed reviews in real life, but I'm actually a very big Carl Anthony Towns fan. I got a dynasty or franchise mode, whatever you want to call it, on NBA 2K that I'm like seven seasons deep into. And Carl Anthony Towns has been like my centerpiece, dude. He can knock down threes. He's a killer in the post. I average a 20-20 with him every single season. So uh, for that reason, I'm a big Cat fan. Yeah, dude, he is just, he's so underrated at this point. Like, I think they were overrating him a little bit for couple years but now it's to the point where like nobody even talks about him anymore i mean his own team basically mortgaged their future to trade for a guy that plays basically the same position as him so it's kind of weird but it's working out this season man yeah and you're right dude the timberwolves have been strong man i I think they got you know it's gonna be tough to knock out the nuggets but they got enough athleticism i think they're gonna give the nuggets problems in the playoffs dude anthony edwards is so good too um yeah it's they're fun to watch uh, there's a little preview of what the off season is going to look like when football's over guys. So be prepared. <laughs> yes, All right, let's get into game one of the weekend. We had the Ravens and the Texans. Um, just kind of give me a little bit of, uh, what you saw, what, what, what your thoughts were about the Ravens Texans game. Uh, so first off salute to the Texans. Awesome. Awesome season. You know, we talked about it last week. Their season was pretty much a success. The moment they made it to that, that week 18 showdown against the Colts, but uh, you know, I, they were clearly brought a, you know, brought a knife to a gunfight on this one. Seemed like it took the, the Ravens did have a little bit of rust, man, or, or were a little bit slow waking up, took them to about halftime, but that second half, they absolutely dominated. You know, if it wasn't for that, that punt return kind of breaking things up and slowing down some of the momentum, this could have been, you know, it, it could have been something like 50 to three final score. I thought the Ravens really, really dominated. I don't think the game was nearly as close as the score showed. And uh, really, I, th- I think it was kind of that two-week layoff was the only th- reason that the uh, the, the Texans kind of had some life there for the – or it seemed like they had some life anyways for the, the first couple quarters. Yeah. Um, Texans – like everybody was kind of making a big deal about the first half, and I kind of figured it would be a close first half just because, like, like you said – the Tex or the Ravens starters hadn't played a game in three weeks. Like, so it, I mean, it'd been a while since they'd actually played a meaningful game. So th- them knocking off the rust in the first half wasn't surprising to me, dude. Their defense is a fucking problem, though, man. They're nasty, so man. fast, sideline to sideline. And I don't know if we give this dude enough flowers, but Kyle Hamilton is an absolute monster. That, that playmaker, dude, man. He is. He's so good. He's just such a good safety and. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be a tough out for anyone. Um, like you said, great season for the Texans. They have nothing to be disappointed or sad about. I mean, nobody saw that season coming. So, uh, CJ Stroud's got a bright future. It's just, dude, they ran into a buzzsaw. I think if they would have played anybody else, they might've been all right, but that was the worst team for them to be playing. The scary thing about the Ravens, man, I I don't I can't remember him playing in the first half. I don't think they put him in until after halftime. They started running Dalvin Cook. He looked like the best running back they've had all season. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, I mean, he's got fresh legs. The Jets didn't use him at all. The scariest thing about the Ravens, dude, is it sounds like they're getting Andrews back this week. And he usually is the the straw that stirs the drink for their offense. Because yeah, he's he's Lamar's security blanket, his favorite target, man, by far. Um, I don't know if you noticed this uh, at all, but the first half Lamar under through Isaiah likely in the end zone, they ran like a play action uh, pass. They did it again in the second half 
And well, in the first half, Isaiah likely pointed at him and pointed to the sky like, dude, throw it up. I'll just go get it. Then the second half, they ran the exact same play. He just chucked it in the air, and he went and he mossed somebody in the end zone. Like he made it look easy too, man. It looked yeah. like he was just grabbing something off the top shelf in the cupboard, dude. <laughs> like yeah, when Lamar yeah, threw made... it, I was like, "What the fuck is he doing, dude?" There's three guys down there. And, yeah, yeah, likely just plucked that thing out of the air, man. It was impressive performance, man. Like I said, I definitely, I they passed the eyeball test. Then Sunday morning, I was I was reading some of the Pro Football Focus breakdown on the game and they really just dominated again outside of that one play that punt return the Ravens absolutely wrecked a really really good Houston Texans team man um they're scary dude they're they're very scary uh you know definitely on paper the the most formidable of the uh the final four teams we got left yep um yeah I re- I, that was really all I had for that game it was like I said last week, that was kind of what I expected. That was the one seed I expected to roll, and it kind of just played out that way. Um, moving into the night game, and this game was way better than I expected it to be, honestly. I thought that the second half of this game was going to be similar to the, the Ravens and Texans games where the 49ers just ran them over. I don't know what the hell San Francisco was doing on offense the other night, but Dude, they didn't run the ball enough, first of all, and it, it didn't even seem to kick in until they got the lead finally that, hey, man, we could just run the ball and win the game. Um, but the other thing, they do not know how to use George Kittle, man. That dude's running wide open every play, and I don't know if Purdy just wasn't seeing him or what was going on there, but, yeah, this definitely was not their strongest showing ever. But in the end, they got the job done. They won. Um, I mean, that's really all you can ask out of that game. So, yeah, they had definitely had some luck in their favor, man, with that missed field goal at the end. Um, and then that pick that Jordan loved through. I don't know if the pressure just got to him. He kind of just lost situational awareness because they still had plenty of time and were in decent field position for the, the situation, man, when he tossed that, uh, that pick, but yeah, he just, he went full farve on us. You never go full farve in the, uh, in the playoffs, man. Um, I thought it was a tough performance from the Niners. You definitely would have liked to see them beat up on a seven seed a little bit more than they did, but the Packers have been red hot and, you know, the Niners lost one of their best players early on in the game with Debo going out. Um, You know, me and Jordan were texting back and forth pretty much through that whole game. I do think that this could end up helping the the Niners, you know, having, you know, basically going straight feet to the fire like this in their first playoff game. Sometimes that can galvanize the team a little bit. Um, But yeah, that, you know, again, same thing we said to the Texans, hats off to the Packers, man. It looks like they found another freaking, you know, I don't know if we're going to say Hall of Fame yet, but, you know, all pro, consistent Pro Bowl level quarterback, man. Unless unless Jordan Love proves to be a one-year wonder, um, they have found their guy, dude. He threw, he threw some really, really good passes, man. Good arm strength. And, you know, the one, one pick was on a tip ball. The other one was, uh, you know, a little bit of premature desperation. Uh, but... I was very impressed with what I saw from him this this last stretch of the season. Yeah, he definitely looked great. Let's talk about Aaron Jones, too, and the way he finished the season this year. Dude, I thought he Dog. was basically done. Man, that first half of that game, dude, he just controlled the game. The Niners couldn't get off the ball and tackle him. I think he was averaging like eight yards a carry at one point. Like, he was just balling. Um, there. I get what you're saying about the Niners, and I watched the game with two Niners fans, so I I kind of just heard them with with what their gripes were about this team and stuff. And 
Um, dude, Purdy had some throws where he could have easily got pick six on a couple and the Packers just dropped it. I don't know what the hell happened to their DBs in this game. Um, well, it was, I mean, dude, it was wet. The rain was coming down pretty hard. I think that's what affected Purdy. He's, de- he's definitely a, a quarterback. And you see this with some of the smaller size guys, man, the, the weather gets to him. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not Josh Allen who could be out there in a blizzard or, you know, a freaking, uh, a monsoon and it has absolutely zero effect on him you know he's not Allen, he's not Mahomes in that way like this dude you know if you, if you got some heavy precipitation coming in it that's the time to maybe fade the Niners because he just he's just not a very big guy and he's not a very strong guy man and sometimes that weather can really uh really affect a QB like that two things that I saw in this game that were I'd be a tad concerned if I was a Niners fan their offensive line looks fucking terrible outside of Trent Williams I don't I don't know what happened to their offensive line, but that was one of the things you used to be able to count on is the 49ers having a great offensive line. They were getting shredded by the Packers defensive line in that game. So it got to the end of the game where you're like, as I was watching them drop back to pass, I really wasn't even paying attention to anything going on downfield. I was just waiting to see the pressure close in on Purdy. Yeah, you're right. They that, that probably had a big effect on his game too. I mean, even, you know, it broke down that, that second to last play where he had that long scramble. That wasn't any kind of designed run, man. Like the, the pocket was breaking down and he had to just bail out. And luckily there was, there was nobody there on the, on the outside for the pack. Second cause for concern. That defensive line got absolutely shut down. Nick Bosa did absolutely nothing in that game. Chase Young is completely irrelevant at this point. I don't even want to hear that guy's name anymore. He'll probably go out and have eight sacks this weekend, but dude, (laughs) at this point, I don't know how anybody's even talking about him anymore. I was shocked, man. Jordan Love did not get sacked one time in that game. Like, they gave him all the time in the world on most plays. I, I don't know, man. I, I just thought the Niners defensive line would, well, I just thought the Niners would control the line of scrimmage on both sides and they did not. So that's a little concerning, especially if you play a team with a better defensive line, which I mean, the Ravens and chiefs both have pretty good defensive lines. So it, it's coming. And I mean, the, the lions are no slouch either with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. So, I don't know, something to monitor at the very least. Yeah, Packers definitely gave the Niners everything they wanted and then some. Yeah, good good game for the Packers, though. I mean, it's tough. That's a rivalry game. Like, that, that is the truest form of a rivalry game. That was that was always a tough game in the 90s. And, yeah, man, they uh, the Packers gave them everything they wanted in that game. So, kudos to them. I, you know, I don't know if we can call it, technically call it a rivalry at this point. The Niners have beaten the Packers five straight times in the playoffs now. Well, most of that was Aaron Rodgers being a dick. <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, first game yesterday, Lions beat the Bucks, uh, thirty-one to twenty-three. Um, I don't know if I was surprised by this game. I mean, the Lions did some things in this game that I wasn't really prepared for. Like their offense looked pretty stagnant at certain points in this game. They, I don't understand their like why they kept going away from the run either. I mean, you have two really good backs and there was a lot of times where they threw the ball three straight times when they didn't need to just kind of a weird, a lot of, yeah, they, they were very pass happy. I noticed that and golf's a a really good quarterback, but sometimes he can kind of get some inaccuracy bubbling up and he'll just spray a couple passes right in a row. And next thing you know, your defense is back on the field and you know, it's, it's only been 50, 52 seconds came off the clock from the last time that they were out there. Because that's, that's one thing I'm going to say is the Lions definitely need to protect their defense a lot because their secondary is dog shit. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, going off the field in 50 seconds is not protecting your defense at all. And you could tell, dude, that defense was worn out a couple times in that game. Like Baker was just standing back there making throws. Um, also, I would like to apologize to Baker Mayfield because uh, I shit on him pretty bad before the season. Dude, he, <laughs> you he, believer now? No, no, I'm not going to say I'm a believer. I, do, I definitely would not sign him to a long-term deal. I don't think I'd go that far. I, I, yeah, I think I'd give him a two-year deal, dude. To, give, your, give yourself some off-ramps. Give a two-year deal, and you can reassess after You can reassess after next season. You know what I mean? If he has another season like this, then, then you can maybe lock him up for three or four. Also, um, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question. Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Dude. I don't know how he's still playing at the level he is because this is like the point in time where we all watched Julio start to like lose it a little bit and slow down. Like, dude, this dude is still balling. Like he was roasting their DBs. Yeah. I, I think if, dude, I I am going to, I am commending Baker Mayfield, but I'm also going to say, I think if they had a better quarterback, they probably win that game. Yeah, they're you know Rashad White was running the running the ball good, man. The tight ends were doing their thing. Like, yeah, their playmakers are good, man. I, I'm kind of with you, dude. If you if you had an absolute top tier quarterback, they probably are in the NFC Championship right now. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, Mike Evans, man, it's crazy. It doesn't feel like this should be his tenth year. You know, he was kind of just doing his thing almost in, in anonymity until until Brady got down there in 2020. Um, but yeah, this guy's absolutely crushing it. Put the team on his back, man. Made some extremely tough catches down the stretch uh, to to keep the Bucks from going away. You know, the, the Lions were definitely in control that whole game. It felt like, but the Bucks would just not go away. They were nipping at their heels till the very end. Um, so yeah, good good season for the Bucks, man. Who saw that coming? We we thought they'd be in the mix for the first pick in the draft start of the season. Yeah, that's a it's a really good coaching job by Todd Bowles. They're gonna have some interesting decisions to make though. Um, one of my favorite players in the NFL, favorite Cornhuskers, uh, Levante David's getting up there in age. Dude is an absolute baller though. And one thing about that game yesterday that I didn't realize till right after the game started, dude, the Bucks bench Devin White for that game. And he's still one of their team captains and one of their best players on defense. He did not start and he wasn't out there very much in the first half at all. So, and they said it wasn't disciplinary action. It was just they thought that they had better options. So I don't know, man, maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is the last season with the bucks core and they start to dump some guys. So I don't know. I think Mike Evans is a yeah, free, free agent, agent this season, this off season also. So I, I find it real. I mean, dude, I, I know there's all, the, all about loyalty and stuff, but dude, he has to go to a better team. Like there's just, I, I cannot imagine him pinning the end of his career on Baker Mayfield, you know, like, like I said, Baker had a great year, but I mean, if you have the opportunity to go to a better team with a better quarterback, you got to take it, right? I might cash them checks, bro. Florida's uh, no state income tax. Yeah, well, you know who's looking for a number one receiver right now? The Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, I think I'd rather <laughs> play with Patrick Mahomes than Baker Mayfield. I mean, the thing is, I don't, I don't really know that much about Mike Evans, honestly, because he's such a quiet dude, man. Um I always like it every time he teed off on the Saints, man. Anytime they would play, that's probably my favorite thing about him. Um, but uh, you know, he could always go to go, you know sign a one year, take a one year flyer in Kansas City, right? Go play for one year, go ring hunting, and then come back home, dude. Tampa Bay would welcome him back with open arms. Or shit, we'll get. Let's just get it into the next game. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. I was gonna say shit. Buffalo needs a number one receiver yeah. too. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the game, then I'm gonna kind of fucking dole into what i mean by that 
Uh, and it, another heartbreaking loss for the Bills, this time at home in front of their home fans. That place was jacked, too. It just... Dude, it's like, like it's like they are just destined not to beat that team. We talked about that, you know, at the start of the season, kind of talking about the Bills being one of those teams that no matter how... How well it seems things are going, man. The uh, the heartbreak is just kind of baked in there, man. Like, you know, last season when we did the long balls um, with, uh, with with our buddies Hawk and J-Bone from the Turnbuckle Tavern, you know, the the Bills were in a lot of ways were a better team last year, man. Like, they were kind of the front runners all season long. And we still said that, like, it seemed like for whatever reason, it, this year was going to end with Buffalo uh, you know, walking off the field, heartbroken. This season, I was a believer, man. I thought that they had, you know, been through the fire enough that they were going to go all the way. I didn't, you know, even when they were setting at six and six, I still believed they were going to get it done. And they, they just let us down once again, man. Wide right, just like, you know, like Jordan said, like it was back in the 90s again. The, I mean, they should have beat the Chiefs, dude. The Chiefs played a good game. Like nothing, t- not taking anything away from the Chiefs. The Chiefs played a pretty good game. I don't think the Chiefs played their like, you know, a one like you know top tier game though the Chiefs played a good game, the Bills just missed plays man it was a couple you know Josh Allen had Diggs open in the end zone uh you know it was a couple plays before that that field goal and he just underthrew it um couple, you know a few deep balls Allen put it right on the money and receivers just missed it man they just they just needed to make one or two more plays uh and and they did not get it done man it's sad you got to do some real soul searching like. You know, I'm not 100% sure McDermott walks away from this, man. Like, they, they could make a move. Um, I don't know. Where, where, where are you at? Where do, uh, I, I don't really think we need to talk about the Chiefs that much. The Chiefs are what they are. They're going on to the AFC Championship. I, this is all about the Bills, man. Where do the Bills go from here? Dude, that's, that's what I was going to get into. I don't ever want to hear Stefan Diggs say another fucking word about anything I, I think he's gone man no i don't i, think I don't care gone. i don't care dude he, he looked like he quit in that game numerous times yeah that deep ball josh allen hit him dead in the fucking hands and he literally just i, I don't even know what he was doing it was like he wasn't even in involved in the play at all i just i don't know man and he made a couple plays in that game where i was just like dude does this dude even want to play football anymore he had like 23 yards in that game on eight he's targets. got i think it's been something like eight straight weeks he's gone under 65 yards also man he's, he's been in a slump anyways um you know i don't know if he's if it's an attitude problem or if he's just overly emotional it seems like he's always got the antics going on on the sideline and shit i just at this point i don't think he's worth it man i think he still holds some value also you could probably get you know maybe a third round draft pick maybe a second i don't know i i, I don't really know how you know how high of esteem the rest of the GMs in the league hold him in, but I think you could get you know a decent draft pick for him still. Just move on, man. Move on. Either draft somebody or go get a Mike Evans or somebody else, whoever's available. It seems seems like you could trade for an All Pro level wide receiver in the offseason if you want to nowadays. Get somebody else to be Josh Allen's top weapon, man. And I think it could be a little bit of addition by subtraction there. Somebody today was talking about the Bills lack of going in for receivers and stuff these last five years apparently they've only drafted in the first three rounds in the last five years they've only drafted one wide receiver and then the two tight ends that they have now um i feel like management did a disservice to this team man gabe davis was always gonna let you down whether it was injury or just doing something (laughs) stupid Yeah, he's still living off that playoff game two years ago. Dude has all the talent in the world, but he's always going to be a letdown for you. And I just, 
I feel like they've done a disservice to Josh Allen, man. Like that that dude played his heart out. Yeah, he did miss a couple plays yesterday, but for the most part, dude, Josh Allen gave everything he had in that game. Yeah, I don't think anybody could be mad at Josh Allen, man. Dude, he puts the team on his back damn near every single week, man. He's the man. Dude, I, I just saw something right before we went on air, and I'm going to read you this. Bills Von Miller was paid $14.9 million this season. Finished the season, 14 games played, zero sacks, five tackles. That's $2.98 million a tackle. Good work if you can get it, man. Dude that's the other thing like their defensive line i felt like they got good pressure on mahomes last night but they were never finishing the play and i just i don't know man their defense is not the reason they lost that game dude their defense kept them honestly i texted you this morning i thought their defense kept them in that game for the most they did good they kept the chiefs under control man they did i mean they gave at the end of the day they gave the ball back to the bills with a chance to go and win the game at the end of it and that's at this point in the season that's all you can ask for also, that play by Poyer to punch the ball out of Nicole Hardman going into the end zone was, I, dude, I thought that was the game-changing play. I seriously thought when the yeah. Bills got the ball back, there was zero chance they weren't going to go down and score a touchdown. Yeah, it felt like it, man. That, that felt like one of those kind of like plays of destiny. You know, sometimes you need a couple lucky breaks on on the way, man, On if you're making a Super Bowl run. That felt like it, but... Dude, once again, it just wasn't meant to be. Honest, I know everybody was shitting on the kicker, man. That wind was whipping yesterday. Um, Shit, he and honestly, two other ones. He almost missed an extra yeah. point and a field goal in that game. And with as much time that was left, dude, like say he does make that field goal, do you really not think Mahomes is going back and getting a field goal on the other end to win it anyways? I, I think they needed a touchdown on that drive. Their clock manager was bad on that drive, dude. There's no yeah. way I would have fucking – there would have been zero time left whether we kicked a field goal, scored a touchdown. There wouldn't have been a second left on that clock. I I just think that they should have ran that clock down. I mean, Granted, if he misses the field goal, he misses the field goal. But I'm with you. There's zero chance I was giving the Mahomes the ball back with any time. He had 15 I thought seconds. maybe they should have just went for it there on that, that yeah. fourth down. They did kick the field goal. I mean, if you're McDermott, dude – Maybe it's a business decision, dude, because you know you're getting fried if you go for it there and don't get it and don't even try the field goal. But, you know, the Bass was – who's a good kicker, man. It's just, dude, Buffalo is an absolutely brutal place to be a kicker. He was one for three last week, man. So he was one for three last week. Like you said, that first field goal they kicked looked very shaky, and it wasn't even a long kick. Um yeah, dude. I don't. I like. Uh, just go for it, man. It's you know you get a penalty. Anything can happen. Where Josh Allen could just drop back and take off, dude. Like I felt like that dude was, would not be fucking denied if you tell him, "Hey, our season's on the line. We need nine yards. Go get it." You know what else I really noticed in that game, and this is kind of going back to the game on Saturday. Like, imagine if the Bills would have kept Devin Singletary the way he ran this year. I mean, yeah. I like Cook a lot, but dude. You're, you cannot tell me that having him and Singletary in the same backfield wouldn't have looked different. Like, that Tyler Johnson dude's good, but he's not Devin Singletary. I just yeah. – I don't know, man. Some of the moves the Bills made over the last three years were really puzzling, and it kind of just all ended in a shit fest on Sunday night. And, yeah, dude, I, I don't know where they go moving forward. How many times can you bring the same coach back, dude? Like he's responsible. You can't if, if it wasn't yeah. for those four straight Super Bowls. Like he's responsible for, like some of the biggest chokes in your franchise's history. Like I, I don't know, man. I I feel like the Bills should have at least made one Super Bowl in the last five years, and they're on a goose egg. They I mean, yeah, just, and I know it's got to be tough for the Bills ownership because you know the Bills were 
basically in the wilderness for about 15 years there, dude, between, uh, you know, the, the kind of Drew Bledsoe and the tail end of the Doug Flutie era up until, uh, you know, you get McDermott and, and Josh Allen there in the mix, man. So I know you probably feel some loyalty, but dude, you know, the most, the most dramatic thing they could do to would be to get a new head coach in next season instead of just running it back. Cause this is now three times in the last four years, they've gotten sent packing by, uh, you know, by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. clearly, Josh Allen and McDermott as a tag team cannot beat these guys, man. When the chips, I know they got regular season wins the last two years, but when the chips are down, it seems like those guys just got their number, man. Um, and yeah, maybe you mix it up. I don't know who's out there, man. I mean, I don't know if Harbaugh would go to Buffalo. That doesn't really seem like, uh, you know, something no. he would do. You feel like he's going to like one of the more prestigious franchises in the league. I know as, as much success as Buffalo's had uh, over the last few years, they're still not like, you know, one of the glamour teams in the NFL. Um, maybe Vrabel, maybe that could work. I, I don't know, man. It feels like they're probably going to just run it back with McDermott again, but I agree, man. It wouldn't be, I would at least be having the conversation. Like, is there someone we get that we think could push us over the top? Dude, as, as a fan of a team that doesn't have a franchise quarterback and has it in the last couple of years, when you have a franchise quarterback, you do whatever you can to keep him happy and keep him with within a striking distance of getting to a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl. And dude, I just think bringing McDermott back is just such a shitty fucking move for Josh Allen's career. I just, I don't know, man. Like you said, they they cannot beat the Chiefs. That's just like their their kryptonite in the playoffs is they can't beat them. Um, also we can cut all the shit of, uh, Patrick Mahomes fucking talking like the chiefs are the fucking biggest underdogs we've ever had in our lives. Like, dude, fucking <laughs> let's all fucking relax. It's just six years in, he's playing his first road playoff yeah, game. Let's yeah. Let's all fucking, yeah. let's all relax for a minute with the whole world. <laughs> you underdogs. know, it doesn't, it, in his defense, I would say that's almost universally NFL, dude. It doesn't take much for somebody to play the, you know, they don't believe in his card that, that it's just, that's like the biggest cliche in sports, man. And like, yeah, yeah, dude, somebody's got to be the underdog every game, dude. Like, yeah. I think everybody was, everybody knew that you, they were a real threat to beat the Bills. I don't think there was anybody that was saying the Bills got this locked down, you know? Yeah, it was a fucking three point spread, which is pretty normal for a home game. Like, dude, that's yeah, that's basically even, man. Yeah, I, I, that I don't understand at all, but whatever. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's. I really don't have anything else for that, but I do want to talk about a couple of things that happened. Um, the Titans hired uh, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator from the Bengals. Thoughts? That's I I have none, dude. It doesn't. I I have no feelings on that, man. You know, my dad texted me while me and she, like I said, me and Sheena were watching the new episode of True Detective. Which, all if if you guys are True Detective fans out there, the new season is really really good through the first two episodes. Um, but yeah, he texted me. They found a coach, and I looked on Twitter and. He's definitely not a needle mover, man. I don't know. I mean, hopefully he's a good coach, dude. You know, the Bengals have had pretty solid offense the last couple of years. Um, but I, I'm kind of just in wait and see mode. He does, doesn't excite me. He doesn't disgust me. It's just whatever, dude. I mean, do you got any any strong takes about that hire? I mean, here's the, the thing for me. You fired Mike Vrabel, who still arguably is a great head coach, to hire a guy who's never been a head coach. He's been good. He's been a good offensive coordinator. But look at the quarterbacks he's had the pleasure of coaching. Like, I mean, it ain't like he made Joe Burrow Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow yeah. is Joe Burrow. I just 
I don't know, man. This is the kind of shit that makes me nervous. And honestly, like when the Falcons got Arthur Smith from the Titans, it's like, well, Derrick Henry's not coming with him. So that kind of dampens <laughs> your excitement a little bit. And I kind of feel the same about this. Like Joe Burrow's not coming with him. And nobody fucking knows if the Titans have a franchise quarterback right now. I just. Yeah. Jerry's still out on Will Levis, man. Had some flashes, but one, he's got to stay healthy. And yeah, you just got to, you got to see a little bit more before you can make a call. I, th- this just tells me that things had really deteriorated behind the scenes with Vrabel and, you know, the ownership in front office, man, that, you know, they wasn't, this firing wasn't made that we're going to go out and upgrade our coaching position. I think it was just, you know, we're, we, we can't work with this guy anymore, man. That's what that tells me, which is sad, man. You would think at this level um, they would find a way to work it out for the, the greater good of the team and the organization. But um, clearly that bridge was just fucking scorched. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. That's that's going to be a tough one. Um, dude, I I hope it works out for him. I do. I mean, I'm sure Brian Callahan will be fine. But I just, I don't know, man. That's just, that's a weird hire to me. Um, it feels like it's almost putting you in limbo, dude. Because the thing about it is, I'm sure he's, I'm sure that he's probably on one of like the lowest contracts of the, because to be honest, dude, Maybe I'd heard the name before. It didn't even like if you just told me Brian Callahan, I would probably have to Google um, or I'd have to think for a while before I took a step. I mean, did you know off the top of your head that that was the name of the Bengals coordinator before tonight? Yeah, only because one of my best friends is a Bengals fan. That's the only reason I knew that. <laughs> yeah, so he's not a big name. It just it feels like one of those hires that like this dude could be gone in a season and a half, right? Like then maybe they just go big game hunting the next time somebody else is out there that they really got their eye on. It wouldn't surprise me at all, you know. I always look at the business side of it. Their new stadium's opening up in 2027. Um, so, you know, maybe they're they're waiting until then that they're going to make some big splash hires and really shell out for, a, you know, a a big-name coach if this dude doesn't work out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I hope he succeeds, but it's kind of just a whatever hire. Yeah. Um, well, since we're going to talk about your favorite team, we have to talk about mine. Um <laughs> I'll give the Falcons credit, man. They are literally interviewing every fucking person. Like they're, they're, they're I'm waiting. To, I'm waiting to get an email to set up mine, dude. Like, like when am I going to get They're doing an extensive search. So I'm going to give them credit for that. The only problem with this is, and I'm going to say whatever every Falcons fan is thinking, dude, if this all ends in you hiring anybody, but Belichick or Harbaugh, I, I don't know how you're going to sell that to the fans. I, I just don't. We've tried to hire the the hot coordinator two straight times, and it's backfired both times. I mean, Dan Quinn was fine. Like, I'm not going to shit on Dan Quinn, but I said it after the Super Bowl. I thought they should have fired Dan Quinn and hired Kyle Shanahan. I think they would have been in a way better spot, but whatever happens. Um, dude, they've, so the, the people who have gotten a second interview outside of Belichick, so Harbaugh's getting his second interview this week. Raheem Morris, Hiro Evero, who's the defensive coordinator of the – Panthers, uh, Mike McDonald, who's a defensive coordinator of the Ravens, and then Anthony Weaver, who's the defensive coordinator for I don't remember who it is right now, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just I I don't me personally, I just feel like once you interview Bill Belichick, I, I really twice, yeah, dude. I just 
And today, the Falcons' defensive coordinator goes to the Jaguars. So clearly, they've already told these people, like, "Hey, whoever we hire is bringing in their own staff." So to me, yeah. that to, to me that signifies that they're either getting Harbaugh or Belichick, because there's no fucking way you're letting any of those other guys decide who their staff is. I just if if that's the route you're going, it has to be one of those two guys. Because yeah, those guys both should have full control over who their staff is. The other guys. Absolutely fucking not. That's what you have a GM and an owner for. Like, there's no way they're just letting a first-time head coach decide who he wants for his staff. Like, Harbaugh and Belichick, I'm completely fine with doing that. But if they bring in some fucking 36-year-old coordinator and let him pick out his staff, I I don't know what the fuck you're doing at that point. As as a lapsed fan, a lapsed member of a... Of Dirty Bird Nation, man. Uh, you know, I've been keeping close tabs on this. I saw the stories over the weekend that Arthur Blank is desperate to hire uh, Bill Belichick. You know, it feels like, you know, it's it's the bachelorette, dude. And, you know, the balls in, in Belichick's court um, to, you know, take the, you know, give the Falcons the rose or not. Dude, I just wonder, I, I hate what this has got to do to like the, um, you know, just, I mean, not to be overdramatic, but really the dignity of the franchise, if Belichick turns him down and doesn't take this job, um, you got to assume he's probably been offered it at this point. Uh, Cause that would be back-to-back off seasons that the, that the Falcons have just fallen all over themselves to get somebody and end up getting, you know, stood up at the altar, you know, last off season, it was Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, was, or excuse me, that's that two off seasons ago. ago. It was Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Two off seasons ago, Deshaun Watson, uh, this season it could happen with Belichick. So I don't know. I'm still not convinced it'd be the greatest fit in the world, but I kind of hope just for the Falcons sake that, that Belichick takes the job. I think more than anything that this is more, cause if you notice Belichick ain't interviewing anywhere else, this is the only interview yeah. he's taken. Apparently the Eagles and Cowboys reached out and he said he wasn't interested. So to me, that tells me he wants to go to an organization where he knows he's still going to have, quite a bit of control, maybe not full control, because if he went to the Cowboys, there's zero chance he has full control. Jerry Jones. Yeah. He's coaching the team and that's it. Yeah. And the Eagles are the exact same way. There's zero chance they're giving him full control of that team. Um, So I don't know, man, I think it's interesting that Harbaugh is coming back for a second interview. That tells me he's at least interested in this job. Cause I thought when he took that second interview with the chargers, that was a done deal. That's another team, dude. If they don't end up with Harbaugh, so I like where the fuck I'm not the, convinced where does the chargers go at that point yeah I'm not 100% convinced Harbaugh is not just trying to freaking cash in and get it just a freaking even bigger money deal with with Michigan at this point I don't think so man I I think that I think that I think that's over dude I think they they've already kind of fucking accepted the fact that he's gone Dude, he does it. This is the Pete Carroll situation. You don't want to be there when the the hammer comes down on Michigan because it's going to happen eventually. Like there's yeah. just too much. And I heard shit. he wanted to get. I heard he'd wanted to get a clause in his contract that he couldn't be fired because of like any NCAA sanctions. So, yeah, you may be onto something. He may know that it's about the that the whole uh, scouting stuff may have just been the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This is gonna. I think this is gonna be an interesting week because. Now you've got a lot more coordinators and stuff that are open to um, interviews and stuff now. So I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll probably have an update next week, and hopefully it's not me hanging myself in my podcasting studio. Wow. That got dark, dude. Dude, I'm just telling you, if they fuck this up, like I just – I said it last week. I'm like, dude, you can't bring in two guys – 
like Harbaugh and Belichick and end up blowing that. Like I, I think that would be too much for me, man. Like that. <sighs> it feels like if you don't get those two, you have to get the next like bell at a ball. Like it's, you got to get either freaking Vrabel or maybe Ben Johnson from the lions, dude. I feel like that's, I feel like anything below that threshold, this is a failure for the Falcons. You can't do what the Titans did and just get, you know, random coordinator uh, B, you know? No, no, no. There's three coordinators that I'd be okay with. Ben Johnson, Bobby Sloak from the Texans, and then Mike McDonald from the Ravens. Any uh, Anybody other than that, if it's not Belichick, Rabel, or Harbaugh, they completely fucked this up, and I, I don't know how you recover from it, honestly, like, Dude, at some point you have to lay the groundwork for getting some kind of franchise, you know, like you have to have somebody that's going to stabilize this team. And I just feel like hiring another young up and coming coordinator is, does it work for a lot of teams? Sure. But dude, for some reason it doesn't work for the Falcons. I don't know what it is, but it does not work. Like, dude, look at the year they hired Petrino. Everybody was falling over themselves to get him and look, look how it ended, dude. It just... I don't know, man. Every time the Falcons hire like this, probably between that and and Urban Meyer for yeah, and then look when they hired Mike Smith, nobody was talking about Mike Smith at all. Like everybody's like, "Who the fuck is Mike Smith?" They hired him. He was an excellent head coach for the Falcons. (laughs) I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, definitely be interesting. Obviously, for uh, you know, for your sake, I hope it's somebody that you're happy with, man. I don't, I. I cannot, I don't have the ability to do this show solo. So, uh, yeah, we'll be counting on you. Going back to that Bobby Petrino thing, man. I, I, sorry, I didn't let you finish cooking, dude. But I was going to say, I think it's probably between that season and maybe Urban Myers one year with the Jags for like the absolute worst coaching job in NFL history. Yeah, it's not good. But anyway, let's move on to some picks. All right. All right, how did we do last week? So, both went three and one. Both had the Bills. Bills lost. Heartbreak, man. Heartbreak. Um, all right, I guess we'll go in uh, chronological order. Kind of, I really feel like the NFL. You know, they alternate uh, which conference is going first each season. I think they should wait um, until we see what the games are and then slate them out, dude. Because uh, Lions 49ers definitely feels like an undercard matchup compared to the Ravens and Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the NFC, once then, it, well, it goes by who the one seed is. So that's how they determine it before the playoffs start. So since the 49ers were West Coast, that, they were automatically going to be the, the NFC was automatically going to be the late game. That's, that's what I heard, at least. And it makes sense. No, I thought it, I could have swore it's alternated every year, dude. I thought it went back and forth between AFC and NFC every single year. Maybe it did. I don't, I don't know. I, that's I don't just know. what Who I read. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Either way, uh, I don't know, man. Fuck it. Let's let's do 49ers Lions first. I yeah. feel like yeah. I, the the Ravens Chiefs is definitely the main event. So, um, I think the 49ers win, dude. Uh, there's definitely a, you know, we'll, we'll do confidence levels on this one, dude. From like you know one one to ten, man. I'm putting my confidence level at like a six on this one, dude. That the Niners win. They're definitely vulnerable. There's a lot of, you know, game scripts. I could see where the Lions pull this off, but I think the Lions got at least a little bit of like, you know, just happy to be here. That's going to be creeping in. 
Um, and I think the Niners are going to have a little bit more resolve than they had last week. You know, like they saw just how freaking, you know, how mortal they are, man. Um, this is their fourth time in five years. They're in the NFC championship and, um, it, yeah, dude, I just, I, I think they get it done, man. I think they, I, th- I think they win and, and win a little bit more comfortably than they did on Saturday night against Green Bay. Okay. So I, I do think the 49ers win. Um, I'd say my confidence is probably a five. So I don't think the Lions are going to come in there with, we're just happy to be there, dude. If they had any other head coach, I would probably believe that. But dude, Dan Campbell is not going to let that team just accept that they're going to lose this game. It's just the the way he is as a person and as a coach, I'm going to say this right now. The Lions absolutely hit a home run getting Dan Campbell. That's your coach forever now. Like, until he doesn't want to be the coach, that's your coach. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. literally, they fell into the best coach that they could have gotten. I, just listen to that guy talk. Like, I, I, I see why his players want to play for him. Like, you, you'd want to run through a wall for that guy. And they all say it, man. Uh, Amon Ra was talking about it yesterday. He's like, dude, we would do anything for this guy. Like, if he told us we had to carry buses across the field, like we'd find a way to make it happen. And <laughs> I, I believe it, man. Like that dude can make you believe. And one of the things, uh, I watched the game with one of my friends yesterday and, um, we, we were talking, he came out of halftime and did his little like coach speak thing. And usually the coach is like, ah, eh, there's just this stuff we got to work on. And Dan Campbell just flies off the handle and goes, if we play better football, we're going to win this game. That's all I told these guys. They deserve to win this game. And if they play the way they should play, we're going to win. Like there was no X's and O's in that. Like he just, he just believes in his team and believes in his guys. And there's something to be said about, I don't think they can beat the 49ers just because it's on the road and everything. I think if it was in Detroit, I'd give them a shot at it, but I just, I don't trust Jared Goff at all, dude. I, he made a couple of throws in that game where they should have been either picked sixth or just picked. And luckily they didn't get picked, but dude, I just, I feel like Jared Goff is, he's that guy that that's going to throw the game away for you when you need him most to, to make a game winning throw. But I guess, I guess we'll see, man. Cause I mean, Purdy could do the exact same thing. Like we saw, we've only seen Purdy play one bad game and Lions defense could easily get into his head. And if Debo doesn't play like, dude anything can happen it's going to be good weather i think debo is going to be back at least in some shape or form and i think the niners roll i think i think this one turns into a celebration early on in the fourth quarter for the uh the niners man and they go back to their their second super bowl in the last five years how crazy is it that the chiefs are going on six straight um six straight afc championships and the niners are in four of the last five nfc man it's kind of crazy that we've had two teams really kind of dominate the the final four for this long I mean, they've both just been so stacked. And I mean, the Chiefs just have the best player in the NFL and the 49ers now might have the second best player in the NFL with McCaffrey. So not that crazy, honestly. Yeah, freaking. I'm just jealous, man. Some of these teams, they just how do they just keep getting shit right in the draft over and over, dude, where it seems like everybody else is just fucking rolling the dice, man. The funny thing is, is the 49ers failed miserably three years ago and traded up to get Trey Lance. And, and they they've drafted so good around it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anybody else that does that move, like your franchise, look at like the Panthers, what they're looking at right now with this Bryce the Young Jets. situation, dude. Like anybody else, you're, uh, yeah, exactly, man. Like you're, you're setting your franchise back years, dude. They've been so strong everywhere else and in, in free agency and with their draft picks that 
they were just able to absorb that hit. Like you said, like it was nothing, man. J- John Lynch didn't catch any stink off that. Shanahan didn't catch any stink off that. Like, yeah, pretty wild, man. Um, all right. So we're both in agreement. Niners win with the Lions having a reasonable, sh- reasonable shot to go in there and pull off the upset. Let's move on to the heavyweight fight, dude. This is going to be a good freaking game. Um, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, AFC Championship. Mahomes' first time doing it on the roads. First time since freaking 2017. We got an AFC Championship game not being played in Arrowhead Stadium. Um, Ravens have looked unstoppable, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first, man. What's your pick? Dude, I just think the Ravens' defense is the difference, man. Like, some of those plays that the Bills were just – had Travis Kelsey running wide open down the middle of the field or Rasheed Rice just them missing tackles. Dude, that's like the the Ravens' claim to fame, man, of, for this season. They don't miss tackles. They don't let people get behind them. I mean, just take the 49ers game, for example. They literally kept everything in front of them and just made Brock Purdy turn into one of the worst quarterbacks in that game. They blitzed him. They just – I'm not saying you're going to rattle Mahomes, but – I think if you keep everything in front of you, the Chiefs don't have a guy that can absolutely just beat you deep. Like, what are you going to worry about Veldez Scantlin falling over his shoelaces and miss Tony? Just let him run. I he, just you don't even got to guard Tony. I just he'll tip it up. He'll well, tip it back. He, to he ain't you. even playing, so it, that don't yeah. even matter. But dude, I just think the Ravens' defense is the difference. I think Lamar makes enough plays on offense. Them getting Andrews back is going to be a huge thing for them. I think it's a low scoring game, but I just, I think the Ravens have a little bit more, maybe like a, I don't know. I could see like a 27, 24 game or a 24, 21 game. I could see something like that. I mean, shit, if the Ravens even give up that many points, like Ravens defense is no joke. I think these last two weeks, people have got a little bit of fool's gold with the, with the chiefs offense, just because of Miami did not even want to be there. And then, I didn't think Buffalo played bad yesterday, and I didn't think the Chiefs. They had so many injuries piling up too, man. I mean, Buffalo kind of they they were deep at least on the defensive side of the ball. They really did come in on fumes in that game. Yeah, and the Ravens are one hundred percent healthy on both sides of the ball. I just I don't. Maybe this is stupid, but I just I like unless Lamar just has like a five turnover game or something. I just don't see how their defense lets up enough points for them to lose. I so I'm going Ravens. So Lamar Jackson is playing absolutely perfect football right now on the ground and in the air. Um, and you're right. Their defense looks unstoppable, especially underneath, man. It, it feels like if you're going to beat the Ravens, you got to beat them deep. And the Chiefs don't really have a deep threat that scares you, man. Rasheed Rice has really come on second half of the season, but I still don't think he's keeping defensive coordinators up at night. Um, all that being said, dude, I'm not picking against Mahomes, man. I did. I, I know this is sacrilege, but I feel like he's almost got the Brady thing going, dude. Where like, there's such he's done it so many times. I think his teammates just have a unbreakable belief in that guy that he's gonna find a way to to lead them to victory, and it kind of lifts everybody else's play. Also, man, I think it's close down the stretch, and I, I'm I'm thinking like we get a last second Chiefs field goal, man, to send them back to the Super Bowl again. Um, I, I'm like a three on my confidence level uh, on this one, dude, with, uh, uh, like it would not shock me one bit to see that, you know, honestly, it wouldn't shock me to see the Ravens run away with it, man. Just put this thing away by halftime and steamroll them. Um, but gun to my head, I think somehow, some way 
to Jordan Chagrin. I think the Chiefs find a way to move on, man. X Factor, dude. Taylor Swift, man. It's been her year, dude, for the last freaking 12 months. She's dominated like all facets of like, you know, I wouldn't even say pop culture, almost just freaking public life in America, dude. If NFL has got to be licking their chops to have her in the stands rooting for the Chiefs at the Super Bowl, man. So, I don't, you know, sometimes that shit matters, man. I'd be worried about, you know, I'd be keeping an eye on who the officiating crew is this week. If it's somebody that, you know, Kansas City's had success with in the past, because I think the NFL handpicks the, uh, the refs for all the NFL games. It's not even whole crews, man. It's uh, they just pick, you know, different. Uh, they, they basically, you know, hand select the crew for these games. Um, yeah, dude, I just think the intangibles lean chiefs and they find a way to go in there in Baltimore and get it done. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm about a seven on my confidence level that the Ravens win this game. Like I, I said a month ago that I thought the Ravens were the best team in the NFL and that game they just played gave me no no reason to back off that because I just again, dude. There, there's nobody on the Chiefs that is gonna put the dagger in the the Ravens defense. I mean, yeah, injuries could happen, whatever. We know that, but dude, I just I think the Ravens defense is too fucking fast. I I do. I just their linebackers. I don't disagree with anything you said, man. I'm I'm literally going off the uh, you know the the, the mysticism, man. Like yeah. just the freak. I'm going I'm going above the X's and O's, man. X's and O's agreed, dude. The Niner the the Ravens are playing damn near perfect complimentary football on both sides of the ball. And it seems like they're peaking, man. Like they're getting better and better, dude. I, I would pick the, I would pick the Ravens to steamroll, whichever team comes out of the NFC. If, uh, you know, if they do win this one, but I don't know, man, I think Mahomes has got the magic. Does have the magic, but the, <laughs> the Ravens got some mean dudes on defense. I just, I, I think that's the difference in the game is the Ravens defense. Uh, one one more thing we didn't really talk about the Chiefs too much. Did you notice that every time Travis Kelsey caught a pass, he sat on the sideline for three plays after that? Like he was. Just I noticed that man. Gassed. He was doing the he was doing the old Julio thing, dude. Like doing the make a play and then come out, dude. That that used to infuriate me uh, as a Falcons fan, man. It seemed like every time. I mean, Julio was a beast. Hard to complain about him, but it did seem like there were a ton of times he was would just take plays off, man. It's like not at all compare myself to an NFL player, but dude, I used to fucking play both ways in high school, man. And like, I never remember coming off the field, dude. So I, I never really understood that deal with uh players just, you know, willingly taking plays off in the NFL. But yeah, I, I noticed that as well, man. I think dude, I, I'm really starting to buy into these rumors of whenever the season's over, that's it for Travis Kelsey and Andy Reed. If they win the Super Bowl, I could definitely see it. Cause everybody always loves the storybook ending. I think it's, I think it's up in the air if they uh, if they come up short Bro, on Sunday. Man. Travis I think Kelsey if already the won the Super Bowl. Like, dude, what, what what are we even talking about here? This is not even about football anymore. Travis Kelsey ain't pl- dude. If Travis Kelsey's brother is retiring and Travis Kelsey's gonna end up marrying Taylor Swift, that dude ain't coming back to play <laughs> football next year. Dude, he's got way more important things to worry about. Than getting hit by a bunch of Neanderthals every week, like. I hate to play. Yeah, just doing their uh, doing their podcast every week is probably a lot more appealing than all the work that goes into get ready for an NFL season. But I don't know. He already came out and said he's coming back, dude. So, that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, athletes go back on their word all the time. Yeah. We'll see. Did you see how much fun Jason Kelsey was having yesterday? Like, dude, yeah. That would have enticed me to go and retire anyways yeah. if I was him, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, let's go to a football game every weekend and get hammered and do that shit. Like, people will love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I ready to get into million dollar bets? Let's do it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
All right. How did we do last week? All right. I had uh, 300K on the Ravens minus nine and a half. So that hit. I had 150K on the Packers, 49ers over 50. That fucking kicker completely screwed me. Dude, never trust a guy named Anders. Oh, that was the fucking set I forgot to bring up. That dude was a 70% accuracy kicker in the in college. How did he even get drafted? That's horrible. I think they said they said he has like an absolute can't he's like the next Janikowski, right? Like he's yeah, just but got he's a not accurate at all. I think they're just hoping it. I mean, remember Janikowski wasn't accurate when he first came in the NFL. I think they're just hoping that, you know, eventually he he develops the accuracy. And then that, I mean, that is a real weapon if you got a guy that can hit consistently from Did like you hear plus. what LaFleur said about him, though? He's like, man, he every, he time, every time he goes out there, I just pray. <laughs> I like what he said, though. He said he also said that they're sticking with him no matter what. They're going to let him develop. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a young player like that, that's got to count. But I don't know, dude. If I was an NFL coach, I just, I want somebody like Nick Folk on the Titans this year, dude. Give me somebody this money. I, I am not investing the time, effort, yeah. and the hope in developing a kicker because I mean, it would be nice having one of those guys, but I'd rather just have consistency dude, there, man. Kickers that make ninety five percent of their field goals in college don't get drafted, and this kid gets drafted. Like, I don't care if this dude can kick the ball eighty five yards. If you ain't accurate, what does it matter? I, I just think that's weird. Uh, anyway, so I lost that bet for 150K, so that put me up 150 on the week, so it brings me to 275K for the season, 20 and 20. Um, Seth had uh, 100K on the Ravens minus 9.5, and, and he had 100K on the 49ers minus 10, so even week for Seth, uh, 24 and 16 on the season, 550K. All right, I'll go first, man. I got two – actually, I got three bets I'm laying down this week, okay? I'm ready. All right, so first, uh, you may have to wait until Sunday morning to put this one in. I don't know if you can put this one in now or not. Um, I'm going to parlay, dude, both my picks. Money line, no spread, but money line, I'm going to parlay uh, Chiefs and Niners going to the Super Bowl. Okay, so parlay. And I want to put 100K down on that. Okay, Chiefs and Ravens. So Chiefs right now are – no, we're going to do it right now. Chiefs, Ravens, parlay, 100K. I'll just screenshot it. Oh, sorry, not Chiefs Ravens, Chiefs 49ers. You know what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, I just figure, uh, you know, why not, dude? I got the lead. Let's try to just ice this shit this week. Are you you're are you doing point spreads or are you just doing money line? Money line. Money line parlay. Chiefs okay. Niners. Okay. All right. So here's what you'd be looking at. I know this is really enticing radio for you guys or podcast. No, this is good. I think people are on the edge of their seats, dude. Yeah. People have stopped and they pulled over. If they're listening to this in their car, they're pulled over in a parking lot right now, just so that way they can devote all their attention to this. All right. So 100K on that. God, don't hit bet on accident, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So 49ers and Chiefs money line. Uh, for 100k would pay three hundred and thirty thousand six hundred and forty five dollars i love it all right and then two additional just funsies man i want to go 25k on lamar jackson scoring the first touchdown in the afc championship okay that and then i want to go 50k on george kittle anytime touchdown so you want 100k on lamar did you say 100k on lamar no no stop trying to cheat 
I said 25K, okay. Lamar Jackson, first touchdown. Well, I have to put all these in like you're actually betting these because I don't know what they <laughs> fucking pay out, you jack dick. <laughs> so quick fucking Yeah, also, uh, this would be a good time to give a uh, moment of appreciation to Jordan for basically being, I, I literally just show up and come up with my bets on the fly on this. Jordan has definitely been the heart and soul of the million dollar uh, the million dollar bet segment this hey, year. 175k if Lamar Jackson is the first touchdown. Bro. Okay, it'll pay out 175k. Yeah. All right, and then I want to put 50k on a George Kittle anytime touchdown. Yeah, don't be fucking getting all fucking tooty with me, boy. In my mind, you're like the meme right now. That chick with all the numbers flying around her head, or you're like, uh, you're like Allen in uh, the Hangover when he's playing blackjack. Oh God, this app never wants to work for me. It's just, it's all great. All right, fifty k on George Kittle anytime is pays one hundred two five hundred. All right, let's hear yours, man. All right, I also am going to do a touchdown parlay. I am going to parlay Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson, both anytime touchdown scorers. I'm going to do it for a hundred k. That would be, that's a million, uh, $267,121 if it hits. Okay. Not bad. Hold on. I got to type these in because otherwise I'll forget. <clears throat> and then I'm going to do... I'm going to do three as well. I'm going to take. I'm going to go Ravens minus three and a half. I'll take the points. Uh, I'll do 300 K on that. And then I'll also do a 300 K on the 49ers minus seven. All right. We got to get crazy with the, uh, with the props for the Super Bowl, man, I'm I'm laying down like six bets minimum on that one, dude. Well, the th- I wanted to do that here, but the, here's the problem, like, dude, if we would have had to do this before we came on the air, if we were gonna do this, we're, we're gonna have yeah. to do that before we come on air, because, dude, it takes so long to put some of these in. Um, yeah, we'll pregame it. We won't do it live on the air. We'll pregame it and then just reveal, and you can give the numbers and stuff. All right, sounds good. All right, you ready to get into the mailbag? Let's do it. All right. I got one. I got one. Okay. This comes from our boy, James Modsley. Question for this week, or possibly an award for the year. What was the hardest hit of the year? Dude, I don't really remember any straight, like, snot bubblers, man. I mean, emotionally, the hardest hit for me was no fucking NCAA football commercial during the uh, (laughs) national championship, dude. Um I mean, I think I kind of got to give it to that uh, that hit on Mahomes in the the Dolphins game that cracked his helmet. I don't think I've ever seen a helmet get cracked in all the years I've been watching football, man. So I'll go with that one, dude. Dude, that's honestly what I was going to go with. But didn't somebody get – there was like a couple guys that got knocked out this season, I feel like. I don't remember who it was. But well, there was that one, uh, the Colts receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., that game against the Steelers, dude. He got absolutely fucking that, rocked. That one wasn't but... that bad, though, I don't feel like. Yeah. Bro, he got bent all the way backwards and got knocked out and had to miss the game the following week. And didn't the dude that hit him got suspended for the rest of the season? Didn't it's pretty uh, damn bad. Didn't dude. um uh 
the passing Paisan get knocked out to in one of the games and had to go into Maybe, the 10 for concussion just... protocol. Like, dude, that's the... the thing is like the NFL is just like so much more like against. They've legislated the hard hits out of it, dude. Yeah, the, the, it's like so one, you don't hardly see them because most of the time, dude, if there's a really fucking brutal hit, you usually see the flags fly just off like general principle, right? Like before they even look, because there's sometimes where it's a straight up clean hit. It's just a violent hit. And you'll see the flags fly, man. And then the other thing, I think they've put out like the mandate to all their media partners, like don't celebrate these hits, right? You don't, you don't see, you know, you got jacked up anymore on ESPN. The the big hits, it seems like we don't see the the big replays on them, man. Like, yeah, they've kind of taken that away from us, man. I remember growing up, like I had this VHS called NFL Hits that was just mm-hmm. a whole bunch of music video. It was by NFL Films, and it was a whole bunch of just music videos with big ass hits, dude. And it was fucking awesome, man. So. I mean, dude, I, I'm all about player safety, right? Like, I think for the most part, it's it's better now, dude. But I I do miss those big hits because that's just it's part of football, man. It just is. Yeah, I want these guys to be able to remember their names when they're 35 years old, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. Um, but yeah, man, good question though for sure. But yeah, it's definitely a lot harder. It feels like you know, 10 years ago, we probably could have done a, a top 10 list at the end of the uh, at the end of the season for biggest hits. Yeah. All right, Johnny JB says we'll we'll toss this one to Jordan. Where do you see Bill Belichick landing? Dude, I think it's Falcons or bust. I I think he either coaches the Falcons next year or he doesn't coach. Like I don't, I don't think there's a plan B. I mean, maybe the Bills job opens and maybe that's attractive to him, but I don't know, dude. I just the the way this has gone and the fact that he literally has not taken one other interview just tells me he's either going all in on the Falcons or he's not going to coach. He's going to go be a papaw. Yep. All right, Zach Hurts. We kind of already discussed this one. He said, why do you think Buffalo can't beat Kansas City? You know, it's a mixture of bad luck and I think just a little bit of coaching, man. Um, and, and just, you know, general sports misfortune. What, what, what do you think, man? It's ingrained in their DNA. They just... <laughs> can't do it man i don't i don't know what it is but they gotta switch something like the juju's bad all right bryant Vermeer. i think this is a shot at me i don't know if he's serious on this one he says not a question but a comment about the titans say hello to the new detroit it'll be 30 years until they make the playoffs again i don't see that dude i mean i i not, i don't think they're gonna be a super bowl contender next year dude but the afc south has never really been a powerhouse division like it wouldn't shock me if they were on the if they were on the hunt for a wild card next year at all. I mean, with the way they play, dude, it w- I wouldn't be surprised if they were picking top five in the draft season after this, or if they're you know in the wild card mix next year. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not seeing you know 30 years of misfortune. They got that new stadium coming. That's going to be a big motivator to put a put a winning product on the field. So I, I do not think we're heading to uh, dark times with the Titans. How about you? I do not love the coaching hire they made, dude. I just. I feel like that is such a losing coaching hire. I, I don't know. It's just a nothing, dude. It's a nothing burger. Like, dude, I, I like, it's, it's like creative. It's like a creative coach on Madden, bro. I am like the last person that will ever make someone feel bad about like the team they root for or anything. You, you know that a hundred percent about me. Like, I just don't do that to people unless you're a Saints fan. Then I hope they fucking lose every game. Um, <laughs> but like, dude, I just th- this is such a loser hire to me. I just I don't get it at all. It feels like the Bengals were just kind of like happy for him to leave. Like, I think they were more worried about somebody stealing their defensive quarter coordinator than they were their offensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know, man. I just the 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 coordinators that coach under a coach that's an offensive coach like Zach Taylor's an offensive coach and I felt like he called a lot of the plays like 
I don't know, man. I, I do not love that hire, but I don't think they're going to go 30 years. I, I mean, they are in a pretty bad spot now. They lost their franchise's best player ever, and they still don't know if they have a franchise quarterback. So I don't think they're in a great state right now, but I don't think it'll be 30 years. All right, and last question, man. I'm going to let you answer this one first, dude. You know, oh, Timmy God. Barra says, what's with all the hate for Brock Purdy? Dude, I don't... What is with all the hate? I don't know how... As you, of all people, you love an underdog more than anybody, dude. And this the 49ers the are not underdogs. Underdog. Stop. It's not about the 49ers. Yes, though. We're it talking is. Brock Purdy, dude. It is about the 49ers, dude. Look at the quarterbacks. They continue to... Okay, you riddle me this, Seth. Why is it that every quarterback they roll out in the Shanahan system all of a sudden looks like an elite quarterback? Riddle me that, Seth. Like they don't. Jimmy G didn't look elite. Jimmy G looked decent. He, he got him to the elite. fucking Super Bowl. Like, dude. In spite of him, dude. Like, they made that Super Bowl. It's the the NFC Championship that year. Jimmy G threw the ball. I want to say like seven times, dude. Bro, I'm like, not. They, I'm Jimmy not, G was the smallest part of that. Super I literally Bowl, am not convinced that they couldn't put in Sam Darnold and he looked just as good as Brock Purdy at this point. Like, I'm a hundred percent convinced that could happen. Bro, you are tripping, dude. Now, if if Brock Purdy had just played like. Good, solid ball. Sure, I'd say that. This dude played lights out, man. I told you the other night, dude, the 49ers, dude, one of the absolute premier franchises. It's like the Patriots, Cowboys, Steelers, and Niners, right? That's probably like the four like gold-tier franchises. If we're talking the entire history of the NFL, this dude just set the record for passing yards, touchdowns, and QB rating in a single season for the freaking Niners, dude. Hey, man. Like, hey, you man. can't tell me that is not impressive. Hey, Seth, when it all comes crashing down, just remember I told you it was going to happen because it's going to come crashing down. This this dude, and it might, he, he dude. tried it's... to shit the bed last week. Like, dude, I'm just, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, this dude he is went a, six hold for on. seven on hold the last on. drive, hold and the on. only incompletion was a drop by George Kittle. Yeah, well, the the incompletions in the first half could have easily been picked, but they weren't. Like, we're not doing if and ands. Like, I'm doing the truest form that we can do. Like, dude, I'm just telling you, this dude is a good quarterback. He is not a great quarterback. Like, everyone needs to fucking relax. Like, he is good. I will give him that. He's a good quarterback. This dude is not what everybody's making him out to be. The you're so just so we're all on the same page here. You guys are saying that you think Brock Purdy is good enough to get a max NFL deal because that's what's coming down the pipe. So you're telling me this guy's worth fifty million dollars a season because that's what no, you're saying. I don't. I think he's really, really good, man. I I think he's more than just a good QB. I would put him leading up the class right below Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I think whatever whatever the top tier class is, like you know Lamar, uh, Josh Allen, um, you know Joe Burrow, those guys, dude. I think Joe he's Bur- leading. You don't, you don't the group. think Joe Burrow's? You don't think Joe Burrow is in the top tier? Yeah, that's what I said. I said Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I think uh, he's right below that man as the uh, okay. As leading up that okay. group, dude. That's kind of where I put him. Man. Okay. And I, so, I think if it wasn't for him being, I think he got, he definitely got a little bit overhyped. I'll give you that, dude. I think they beat us over the head so much with his story about me and Mr. Irrelevant and everything that I think it definitely caused the backlash. And that's just, that's always been a thing in sports, dude. Somebody gets hyped up. You love to see the fall, dude. We love, everybody loves seeing LeBron losing the finals in 2011 with the, uh, with the heat, right? Like it's just, it's just a thing in sports, man. But I think this dude, one, I think he's just a good dude, man. If you look at his story and stuff, like 
he's just like the most like wholesome guy ever, dude. Like freaking, I, I find it tough to, you know, why, how anybody could really root against him, dude. And I do think he's an underdog, man. Like this dude was the last freaking pick in the draft. He's lucky to even be on an NFL roster and he's just led his team to the NFC championship for the second straight season. Okay. So everything you just said is why I asked you if you think he's getting paid $50 million because the tier you just put him in is getting paid $50 million. Deck Prescott yeah, is due $55 million and you just said, no, you would not pay him that much. I would. Uh, yeah. If that's, if that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I think he's definitely whatever Deck Prescott's getting paid. I would be comfortable paying Brock Purdy the same thing. Now I think NFL, I think quarterback contracts have gotten out of control, dude. I think teams are paying way too much for, you know, mid tier and slightly above mid tier quarterback play. But dude, for whatever reason, man, hats stand standing ovation for the agents, dude. That just seems to be the going price for, for quarterbacks, man. I mean, I think Ryan Tannehill got something like 20 something million this year from the Titans, dude. And like, I mean, you tell me you wouldn't pay Brock Purdy that much, dude. Like, I don't know, man. I, uh, I, yeah, I agree. The quarterback salary is out of, out of whack, but that's a different, that's a different convo, dude. I think the Niners are going to pay Brock Purdy, man. I, uh, I don't, I, I really don't, dude. I think they'll draft another quarterback again. I just, dude, I think the Niners have the special sauce with Shanahan. I think that's what it is. Like, dude, if, if they pay, pay Brock Purdy $55 million, there's zero chance they're going to have the playmakers that they have right now around him. Like you can't, afford I mean, maybe they don't money. man. Like maybe Brock Purdy goes against the grain, dude. Brady never freaking maxed out with the Patriots yeah, while true. he was there. Okay. We're not, I mean, dude, like I said, Brock Brady to Bro- uh, to Tom Brady. I'm not comparing him to Brady, but okay. I'm just saying like, if you, if you look at this dude, like he's cut a little bit different, man. Like he wasn't a first round draft pick. He's playing on a league minimum contract right now. You know, I, I obviously we know very little about him, but what we've seen in the, and from his, what he shared with us, like from his private life in public, dude, it wouldn't shock me if he was fine with getting a good enough contract and not getting every last buck from the 49ers. Cause when you play quarterback um, in the NFL, if you can get a $55 million a year salary, yeah, Brady did it for all the years, whatever. That's one guy. If you can get $55 million a year, you take it no matter where it's at. Like, Dude, I agree. Fifty-five million dollars. I don't know if another team would pay him though. Yeah, I'm not saying they would. I'm just saying that's life-changing money, and you have to take it. Like, yeah, Brock Purdy might not be in the league in seven years. Like, you get paid fifty-five million dollars a year for three years. That's life-changing money at that point. Nah, and I, I fail you, man. He does have you know the the best offensive scheme with an amazing set of weapons, but. You know, I mean, dude, that throw he made to Kittle was a freaking dime, dude. That was a yeah. beautiful pass on that that deep ball, man. I think he's doing something there, dude. I don't think, yeah, he's definitely in the absolute, like I said, perfect situation for a young quarterback to come in. But clearly, Shanahan seen something in him, dude. They're really freaking, you know, stick with him. I'm I mean, not they didn't. Saying, it seemed like they barely gave Trey Lance a shot. Hold on, before to, to everybody blows us out of proportion, I am not saying Brock Purdy is trash because, like, I know that's what this is going to get blown out of proportion on. I'm just saying. Like Seth just said, he is in an extremely quarterback-friendly system with Shanahan being the coach, and he's extremely fortunate to have the best running back in the NFL, one of the best tight ends, and two of the best receivers in the NFL. Like, I don't think anyone's going to argue that point. Yeah, he's a unique case for sure, man. Like, he's 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 not cut and dry, dude. He's not... He's not Patrick Mahomes, who's out there doing things physically that we've rarely ever seen at the quarterback position. He's not Josh Allen, who looks like a fucking F-150 out there running around, you know. Um, he's not. He, he's different, man. He's definitely a, a different ty- a, a different case. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how it goes. You're right, dude. Like, I could definitely see it play out where 
this dude's out of the league in three or four years, man. Um, cause he does, he does have some, some physical limitations, man. But you said it before, you know, I got a soft spot for the quarterbacks, man. Maybe I'm just way too high on this guy, dude, but I see something in him, man. Just the way, the way he carries himself, the way he plays. Um, it seems like his teammates believe in him. Like, you know, they had talked to Trent Williams, man, which how many quarterbacks has Trent Williams blocked for in his career? And they were asking him if he ever doubted. And it was like, he never even considered it, man. He was like, yeah, we, everybody on this team believes in Brock. Like he's earned our trust. We, we, you know, we knew he had it on that last drive. So I think there's something there, man. Dude, out of, okay. So out of everything for you to pick out, you pick out the offensive lineman saying, yeah, he has our trust. What do you expect him to say? Now nah, we thought he was going to go out there and shit the bed and throw a pick. Like, dude, of course a lineman's going to say that after the game. Like, no, but dude, do you think that would have you know, been this? You, know, you think that would have been the same answer if they lost? No, dude, you know, I'm just saying though, man, you, dude, you know, Jordan, you've watched enough freaking sports coverage. You can kind of tell if somebody's just saying something just to fucking have a soundbite or if they really believe it, man. Like it came across to me like Trent Williams really believed what he was saying when he was talking about Brock. I just think you're in the middle of a Super Bowl run. Like if you say anything negative about your quarterback, that's going to be an immediate bad reaction from the team on it. I, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I think he's really good. He's definitely better than Jared Goff. I'm going to give him that going in this weekend. He's definitely the best quarterback playing in that game. It's just the, the times that he struggled is the times where either they had an injury when Debo is hurt or the times where they aren't, weren't ahead right out of the gate and i i don't know man i just i get weird feelings with this dude i just we've we've really never seen him play a full game where it's like all the chips are down and and he's the guy that has to do everything like i, I get what you you're just saying. did saturday night dude what was saturday night the freaking playoffs against the green bay packers man kyle shanahan oh and 30 when he heads into the fourth quarter trailing man and he did he took him down the field dude that fucking scramble at the end in addition to all the passes he was throwing man like how that didn't buy you any kind of that didn't buy him any credibility with you man that that game-winning drive on saturday night dude this is the problem when you talk to somebody who's so far the opposite way of you which you are the exact opposite way i am with this dude so like there's no like talking i mean there's this is just a pointless conversation at this point. There's there's literally no point to this conversation. So I'm not I'm I'm just done talking about it. It's fucking stupid. I cannot wait for us to have not just one but two straight weeks to talk about Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Man, <laughs> look at the fucking time. I guess I'm sick next week. <laughs> on that note, it's a wrap, dude. It is a bummer, man, that we're going on freaking uh, you know two more weeks of football after yeah, this, dude. I'm really we sorry. got a lot of good. I can't listen to any more of your Bailey Zappy, Zach Wilson, fucking Brock <laughs> Purdy takes. Really, really sad. Don't about forget that. it. Don't forget about uh, uh, you know Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville, dude. MVP. <laughs> MVP. Yeah, I see the best in quarterbacks, man. I can't help it, dude. I'm a you know old quarterback myself, man. I just I don't know. I like I like seeing them do their thing, dude. Uh, but yeah, two more weeks of football, and then we got a ton of great fun stuff planned for you guys in the off season. Jordan, hit us with some closing thoughts, man, and we will get out of here. Man, we got we got three games left, guys. Just just uh, drink it in, and if uh, if you like wrestling at all, Royal Rumbles this weekend. So get your weekend started off on the right foot Saturday night, and then lead us into Sunday with some great football. Oh.